Ungdomsradio. You are listening to You've Got Five Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners and one cat to make a show especially for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello everyone. This is Marta and this is Anna and this is You've Got Five Options show. Yay! Hello guys. Uh, welcome in the first program after our anniversary specials where we went down uh, memory lane with all the challenges, all the wisdoms and all the bloopers that we have ever performed on air. And uh, I actually have a small announcement to make. Marta, do you remember how a couple of episodes ago we were having a phone interview with Voter uh, regarding his Kickstarter card playing game Boss Battle Bunnies? Yes. Yes, you do. So, guys, I would like to say that Voter managed to back up his project. So his Kickstarter uh, kickstarted and the, the game, uh, the card game is in the production. And I am super happy because I personally pledged for uh, that card game. So I will get my card set and I'm super happy. But the voter congratulations. Of course, we would like to think that our um, show maybe contributed a little, uh, but we don't know. We have no way to check it. But uh, guys, the, the cards are backed up. So we are super happy. Yes. <laughs> Marta, <laughs> is something <laughs> bothering you? It may or may not be truth. Listen, Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, guys. Uh, we just come to the studio and we come with several different, you know, things. It's very difficult sometimes just to leave the things behind the door and we got some challenging news but we are solving them because we are super resourceful we will have at least five options uh, right oh definitely oh definitely so uh, we will not disclose what has happened yet but maybe when we will write our memoir like the history of you've got five options and how did they become the new opera then you will learn what happened but we will try to keep our spirit uh, spirits high especially that today we have a show about quite serious topics i think Yes, even though the title doesn't sound so serious, yeah. but when you start digging into it, mm -hmm. it's actually quite serious. It is actually quite serious. I will just say energy vampires, narcissistic personality disorder, and are you going crazy? So stay tuned because although it sounds very tabloid-esque, Uh, those are quite important topics and I really hope that today we can help some people uh, to maybe identify some things that were bothering them in their life and they will have some answers and inspiration to move forward. But before we will get there, we will uh, play, of course, uh, the Artist of the Week. This time we have a song uh, from someone from UK, Joe Wilkins, and that song was, um, I would say, uh, recommended by Dave from Supermoon, of course. Uh, he did not record it or produce this song, but he recommended Joe. He knows him personally, and Joe is from UK. Uh, greetings, Joe. And you can hear both the uh, brief introduction that Joe will make to the song and, of course, the song itself. And first, let's play the jingle. Jingle Bells. Superman Music brings to you Artist of the Week Hey 
hi to all the listeners that you've got five options. My name's Joe Wilkes. I've chosen a song which I hope you'll play. It's called Seven Gypsies. It's a very old English folk song which dates from at least 1720. Uh, there's other versions of this song. It's sometimes called The Seven Yellow Gypsies. It's sometimes called The Ragtaggle Gypsy. I hope you like what I've done with it. to Joe for pronouncing his name incorrectly. Thank God we had that mp3 where he's uh, greeting our uh, listeners. But for everyone who is interested, uh, how do you really uh, spell and pronounce Joe's surname? And also for everyone who'd like to hear the song again and gain some more information about Joe and his music, uh, I would uh, like to encourage you to check our website, the5options.com, five as a number. And in show notes, like always, you have an article about the artist of the week. You have a short bio, you have the song, you have everything. So guys, go to the5options.com. It is for free. And uh, please find this episode and, and just check it out. And if you want to hear the song again, MP3 will be also attached there. Marta, did you like the song? I think it was really beautiful and I hope that the English folk music will start doing its magic on the Danish and international You've Got Five Options uh, market because as we remember, we are more listened in US 
than in Denmark, actually. <laughs> so, yes, and in the unknown uh, uh, countries, because some people are hiding their IP, and we don't know. Very smart move, guys. But uh, yeah, I also agree, Marta. I have to say that uh, we are really bringing some great, unique indie music here from all over the world now i realized and we also have something really truly amazing for the next show which you will hear in, in the, the next, next show, show. <laughs> so that's why you will have to tune in next friday for that and uh, also you can of course listen to it on a podcast yes yeah and our podcast is like ninja podcast it's available everywhere yes <laughs> <laughs> we have pushed ourselves literally everywhere the only uh, location we cannot push ourselves is uh, google play no google oh yeah that never worked for us yeah because i uh, each time i try to submit our podcast i get the notification that this country doesn't support this uh, yeah. uh, submission so denmark do your job and uh, fix it because we cannot go on google so we are not omnipresent yet not yet but itunes spotify Yes. Himalaya. Yes, exactly. Himalaya is a new podcasting app that I have discovered lately. And it's super cool, guys, because uh, for all the people who are actually listening to podcasts, the thing that is the most annoying is that you cannot create a playlist with the episodes from different podcasts. And you always have to look from episode to episode. Himalaya allows you to do it. By the way, this is not sponsored by Himalaya. <laughs> They don't know that we exist yet. Uh, but the other cool feature is also that you can comment under the episode directly in a podcast application. So you can actually get a conversation there going and you can also tip the podcaster. That's the cool part. So basically, if you think that we did a good job, you can basically send us a tip. Like, you know, you would give a tip to a bartender because he served you a great drink. And then uh, we will receive a little token of your token of your gratitude. I'm just sitting here and thinking, what are we serving people with? Laughter, joy, inspiration, and I don't know what yet. What and else? What great are? indie music. Great indie music and fantastic usage of English language that you will not hear anywhere else yes. than here. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. That definitely requires a tip. Yes. Past tense doesn't exist for <laughs> me. Yeah. We all know. Okay. But Marta, I think we have to jump into the challenge of the week. Yes. Hit it. A very challenging challenge. Of the week. Hearing this kind of intro makes it quite difficult to go into a serious challenge. <laughs> yeah, I have to. <laughs> I have to say that uh, yeah, I, I I disconnected. I was like on a party, like. Uh, Dancing or something, yeah. But this this week's challenge is actually quite. It looks not so serious, but it touches upon some serious things. Yes, let's hit it, and I will be the one hitting it. <laughs> hit it. Okay. So we have a challenge here from an anonymous person. So we don't have a name, but we can give a name. Do you want to give a name? Mind blowing Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no. Sorry. Maybe sorry. Lucy. Because Lucy. I think it comes from a girl. Uh, yes, let's let's do the Lucy. Okay. I have a big challenge with my childhood friend. We've been friends forever, and that friendship means a lot to me. However, every time I come out of a meeting with my friend, I feel exhausted and bad about myself. Every time I try to talk to her about my feelings, I end up feeling sorry for her and as if I was the one who did something wrong. She doesn't seem to ever see herself doing something wrong, but she sees me doing everything wrong. I often feel as if I am the crazy one. When I think about how bad I feel, I just want to end that relationship. But we have been friends for more than 20 years, so I want to give it one more chance. Is there something I can do? Run away 
and never come back. You know that <laughs> when we have received that challenge, Anna asked me if I was the one submitting it and if it was about her. Yeah, I um, was laughing so much. I, I, I don't know. I was like, okay, they know each other 20 years and she thinks that she's the crazy one, but maybe it's the... I was like, oh my God, Marta, is that you? <laughs> that would be a... That would be a plot twist, that, wouldn't it? That would be a very challenging <laughs> challenge <laughs> of the week. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I hope it's not me. Marta confirmed it's not me. And I, I actually have noticed that usually from uh, you, you come out quite uplift, most of the time uplifted from the meetings with, with me. We still manage to have time. A good time, sorry. <laughs> time is a good point because <laughs> recently uh, a vast majority of our meetings is a lot to do with you've got five options. Yes, yes, exactly. With a little baby in the background that I usually have to take care of. So it's um, time is of a challenge. Time is a challenge. Finding time is a challenge, but we usually have a good time. And we know each other for... Uh, many, many years. <laughs> I'm not making that mathematics. No. So uh, it's not us. But Marta, uh, I actually uh, really like this challenge. And I have noticed a couple of keywords. And those keywords have inspired me to create the uh, further blocks of this radio program. Uh, but I think first, please give us the five options and tell us what can be done. So as, uh, as you probably guys know, or if you don't, you will know now, I am a coach. I call myself a transformational coach. I like the word. Anna was trying to convince me to use that word from the beginning, but it took me some time to actually allow myself to use that word. I am also a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and I am a conscious healing facilitator. So using all the amazing skills that I have learned on my journey, I came up with a couple of tips for Lucy <laughs> that comes from Lucifer. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, you know, everything here is uh, on a line. Some it's sort a of a line. challenging challenge. Yes. But, yeah. but uh, anyway, yeah. let's get serious now. Yeah. So dear Lucy, the first thing that we would advise you is to distance yourself from your friend in a sense of stop taking what she says personally. Mm -hmm. So very often when we are in a close relationship, we get into that dynamic of my fault, her fault, I'm the wrong one or she's the wrong one. So when you are taking things personally, it's very, very difficult to be objective. So the first thing that you need to do, because you are mentioning, Lucy, whether you should stop that relationship or if there is anything that can be done. And I just think that it will really, really serve you if you just take a step back and distance yourself a little bit to try to get as objective as possible view to the situation. And those steps that we have here, they are very, very closely linked so the first thing would be to distance yourself from your friend a little bit to be able to stop taking it so personally. And another thing that you could do is assume that there is some sort of a reason for her behavior. So usually when someone behaves in a way that we find triggering, hurtful or something like that, they actually do have some, there is some sort of reason behind it. And it's rarely is that someone wants to be an asshole. Usually there is some sort of a deeper issue or a deeper reason. So if you could just for a moment assume that your friend actually has some sort of a deeper challenge that makes her behave in this way. So if you distance yourself, you for just five minutes assume that she actually has some sort of challenge or problem that causes her to behave in this way. The next thing I would tell you is that what we hear, what we read from this challenge is something that the title of the program also has uh, probably revealed. We are looking into narcissistic behaviors. Mm -hmm. And we are looking here um, into some behaviors that are quite uh, hurtful on the receiving end. So it is actually more difficult for a person that deals with a narcissist than for the narcissist themselves. We don't know your friend. 
we are in no way capable of, uh, you know, assessing that she is a narcissist. However, this is some sort of pre-assumption that we are making uh, for the sake of the of that conversation. And the best tip that we can give to you if you want to preserve that relationship is to really, really take a good care of your own emotions. This is something that is quite difficult, but this is the only way that you can remain uh, in a relationship with a person with these kind of challenges. And that is to take a very, very, very good care of your own emotions. So that's the step number three. And then we move on smoothly to step number four, which is set very clear boundaries. So if you want to keep that relationship, you will have to tell your friend what from her behavior is not acceptable for you, how you feel after meeting with her and what specific things you don't want her to do anymore. And that will be very, very difficult because a person that has a tendency to always make you feel wrong and always have a tendency to attack you will try to swirl you into the same circle again. And the only thing you can say is continue repeating that very clear boundary. I hear you. I know it's difficult for you. And I kindly ask you not to say those things anymore, not to do those things anymore. And I will point them out to you every time you do it. And when they try to get you into that spiral again, you say, I hear you. I understand that this is something that you can't get or for any reason don't understand right now. But I'm telling you, if you want us to continue being friends, please respect my boundaries. And that's not something easy. And of course, we only have a few minutes for that challenge. So if you are interested in finding more about setting clear boundaries, please send us another message or another challenge, Lucy, and we will then explore on that one. And then the last part, the last step after you have distanced yourself, stop taking what the friend does so personally. You assume that she actually has some sort of a challenge. You take care of your good, you take a very good care of your emotions and you set clear boundaries. That's the time when you can still look into the decision. Do I still want to be friends with that person? Because if you see that even when you are setting clear boundaries and even when you are taking care of your emotions, you're still not able to uh, to get any sort of better feeling with that friend. You simply can weigh out the good and the bad yeah. with that friend and see, can you accept the friend with all the baggage that she has because you get something else out of that relationship mm -hmm. or if that's not something that you want to continue? Yeah, I, I have to say, Marta, that uh, of course I like your tips and I like your steps. Uh, and I think that this can totally work in case if we have, because we don't know when it started, right? We have uh, here that they are childhood friends. And then we have, however, every time I come out of meeting, I feel exhausted, I feel bad. And we don't know if that was always the case or did it start recently. And I think that if this is something that started recently, let's say, or lasts for a year or two, there is a very good indication that this person just goes through something, right? Something is happening in her life. And there is many times we get bitter, we get in a victim mode or whatsoever, right? That's normal. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple of things that made me wonder and inspired me to do the next part of the program. And I will definitely feel today like a wicked witch uh, versus Marta, the angel of uh, enlightenment. Because Marta, basically what, what you said, it's, it's a very uh, mature and spiritual solution, you know, that the setting boundaries, being clear on emotions. And I also like what you did there with, I hear you. Uh, I, I understand that you feel like this. And I think that this is actually a very powerful web. Is it part of NLP? Because I've heard like, I've heard it like you're casting a spell or something. No, it's, I mean, it is uh, definitely there is some sort of neuro-linguistic programming in, in, in a language that mm -hmm. we use, but it's, al it's also a part of uh, conscious healing. Mm -hmm. uh, this part of I hear you, uh, 
it brings a lot of compassion to the mm -hmm. picture. And I believe that when we approach other people with compassion, we disarm them in the best possible, most loving way. Mm -hmm. So that's why this I hear you. So it's not like uh, it's not like I hear what you're saying, but okay. uh, which is it was a pretty good uh, impersonation. Martin. Yeah, because some I also dislike when some people tell me, you know, I hear what you're saying, but it sounds totally like I'm not listening to you at all. And I mm -hmm. just care about my opinion. It is about this compassionate. I hear you. Mm -hmm. It is with accepting that this person in their current moment of time, they have some sort of issue. And that's my belief. And maybe that's my limitation that I don't believe that anyone in the world behaves in, in a way hurting people on freaking purpose. Oh my there God, is you will love always, bullshit after the week. There will always be a deeper issue behind that. It doesn't mean that we should accept everyone because if that behavior that they do crosses our boundaries, mm -hmm. we should definitely say goodbye mm -hmm. to those people if they don't want to respect our boundaries. But that's maybe my limitation. I believe something's going on. If someone behaves in a way that hurts other people, there is a deeper mm, issue mm -hmm. behind that. I will tell you something, my dear. Okay. I think I will present some things that might challenge stuff that you have said. Not that I believe in it, but this is an interesting angle and I will be extremely curious of hearing what you will say about it. Let's hit okay. the bullshit of the week. Say what? Boo, 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 boo. It's bullshit. It's bullshit of the week. Bullshit. So today, in a bullshit of the week, we will have a very <laughs> interesting question, I believe, that is energy vampires. What are they and are they real? And why I have chosen this topic? Because I, I was inspired basically by one thing from the challenge description. And that thing was, I feel exhausted after, after I leave the meeting with that friend. Of course, I don't know if Lucy used it. She feels exhausted because she, they argued or what was it? But I, I kind of clinched on this word exhausted. And then I started to think about people who made me in the past exhausted when I was in a room with them. And this is how I thought, okay, let's talk about energy vampires. We are not saying, Lucy, that your childhood friend is an energy vampire. Uh, but let's talk about this because I think it's very interesting. It's a little bit esoteric. It's a little bit out there because it has this out there element. Uh, but I'm really curious what you think about this, guys. Maybe Dennis will join the conversation because I see that he actually looked at me a little bit. With vampire eyes. With vampire <laughs> Dennis, do you have something to confess to us? Uh, not at this moment, no. Yeah, I, I always feel uh, weirdly weak when I leave the studio, you know. <laughs> okay, but uh, there are basically um, three things that I was thinking about. Is Lucy being gaslighted, which we will actually come back to? Uh, is Lucy dealing, dealing with a narcissist uh, personality disorder person? Or is Lucy dealing with energy vampires? So just to give you a bit of a taste, nar nar narcissistic personality disorder is an actual psychological disorder. And we will talk about this a little bit later. Gaslighting is a form of abuse. It's a tool for a narcissist to actually manipulate you and to abuse you emotionally. And energy vampire, if I would have to put it into my zoop, I would say it's a narcissist on steroids so basically yeah what soup are you cooking i don't want <laughs> to eat it i am cooking a super delicious uh, sociopathic <laughs> esoteric soup no but um i think we all heard uh, a word narcissist we know this legend about the guy who someone put a spell on i think it's from greek mythology and then he looked at his reflection in the river or lake and he was so in love and he i don't know died out of misery or killed himself because he couldn't be with that person from a river which was him and his name was narcissist 
narcissist. So from there, we basically describe a person who is so self-centered, in love with herself, himself, thinking that he's the best, the greatest, all the best things should be streamed upon them, that they deserve admiration. We call them narcissists. And there is actually a disorder that is uh, called narcissistic personality disorder. We all have narcissistic traits, of course, but some of us are really high on that scale. And people like this, they basically uh, live off uh, admiration and energy uh, of other people. And then we go up to energy vampires because apparently those are narcissists on steroids. What do I mean by this? Uh, I have uh, listened to a very interesting podcast uh, that is, I think, the period party. Those are two women who are talking actually about menstruation, fertility and periods. So uh, finding an episode called Dodging Energetical Vampires was like, oh, I really need to listen to that. And they had a lady there. I think her name is Dr. Christian Nordstrup. I will link to her uh, profile in our show notes when she was talking for half an hour about energetical vampires. And she said that those are narcissists on steroids. And those are actually, and this is the esoteric part, those are not actual humans. They are almost like some entities that are disconnected from the source. And they are here mainly to vulture on our life energy. And how to recognize those? Of course, they are having all the symptoms of narcissistic personal disorder, but there are interesting things like they have no light in their eyes. I don't know how that would look like, but it's probably very creepy. You feel very weird when you are in their company, like you feel that something is off, but you cannot really pinpoint it. Like you feel a bit anxious. Sometimes you are even feeling like you are in danger. And one of the most common symptoms is that when you are with a person like this in one room, you feel afterwards exhausted, not only emotionally, because maybe you fight, you fought with that person or or something like this, but you feel also physically exhausted. Uh, That lady in the podcast was describing a situation where she was uh, invited to a, a, a house of a celebrity she didn't disclose the name, a very uh, famous person in some area uh, to discuss a couple of things. And she said, I almost fell asleep eating a carrot soup. He was like, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was so exhausted. And she actually came with another woman and the other woman was experiencing exactly the same symptoms and they had to, they were supposed to be there for a whole weekend, but she had to make an excuse And they left after a day because they simply couldn't stand it. They felt like the entire life energy is being sucked out of them. And uh, when they left the mansion, because it was a mansion that they were in, they suddenly just started to recover. They started to feel better and better again. And apparently, a lot of energy vampires are people who are actually healers, therapists, counselors also healers or healers healers <laughs> okay <laughs> because that, that, that's more appropriate sounds killers than yes healers. that's, that's uh, true but that's uh, true but they are healers uh, therapists uh, also a lot of gurus of any kind so all the cult leaders if someone is creating a cult you could assume that that's the energy vampire you know we have so many horrible stories about different cults when a, a leader suddenly says to everyone you have to commit suicide so we are going to heaven blah 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 and how to recognize those people against the normal healers or people who want to help you to recover is that the other people make you, the the energy vampires make you dependent on them. So you start, let's say, a therapy or a healing or something of this kind, and you go there and go there and go there, and you basically don't feel any 
progress unless you are with that person and that person gives you something here and there and you feel good when you are there you get some kind of guidance but you are becoming addicted to that person on a personal level that is called love bombing so if you are in a relationship with someone and you start off and then it's a lot of uh, love and confessions from the very early start suddenly you are like overwhelmed you hear everything you ever wanted to hear and then they withdraw that attention and you want to get that feeling back that's how they are tricking you into staying with them so um, I found it very interesting most of the things that I've read about energy vampires are very much the same as narcissists you know the diagnosed narcissist but the, <laughs> the difference was that the lady said uh, this doctor said that uh, she's coming from the old empath soul tribe and she's one of those souls that was re re reincarnated uh, many times and she comes from a line of healers and, and women like... Uh, you know, witches who were burned uh, in Middle Ages and so on. So she has this awareness of being a healer and an empath. And she claims that the va energy vampires are the entities disconnected from the source, that they are here basically to uh, vulture on energy of empaths. So she gave like a complete, like a Star Wars, you know, umbrella over this because, you know, then we would have to think, okay, so are those people with no souls? What is happening? Well, anyway, I am very curious. What do you think about any of the things I have just said? Well, I have one question. What kind of doctor is she? She actually is a how do you pronounce it in English? Yes, sorry for my English. Obstetrician. It's a person who is taking care of the female, uh, female goodies. OBYG. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because she actually she started to notice that first of all she was married. She claims she was married to uh, to energy vampire, but she first started to make a connection where her patients were coming with uh, very painful periods, uh, very uh, severe cases of uh, premenstrual syndrome, and she discovered that there is a huge coloration between this and their partners that they so that was the beginning of her journey and she is very well aware that the book that she published recently is so much out there from what she was doing uh, but she just gathered it in in this observation well i well there are i would say i would uh, divide my thoughts into two groups divided uh, one group would be around uh, this like very uh, yeah Star Trek, you called it? <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, kind of thing where, you know, are there really some people who have no, like, no souls? And, you know, that's kind of maybe too much out there for me yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day I'll be able to see it. She actually mentioned disconnected for so from source. So I will yeah. just quote her. But these kind of things like, you know, they have no light in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And when you meet them, you feel exhausted. But at the same time, they can give you a lot of love, mm -hmm. you know, and you can get addicted from it. It sounds like something very difficult to find yourself in mm -hmm. and sounds like something very difficult to get yourself out. Because some yes. of the things that you were saying, like when you meet them and you start a relationship with them, you feel love bombed and you feel like it's, it's very easy to uh, confuse it with being in love. Because yeah. when you are in love, you suddenly get all that high energy mm -hmm. and so on. So it, I would say that it's quite difficult to uh, to find yourself in such a situation. I don't really think I have met an energy vampire from this kind of uh, description mm -hmm. myself. So it would be very difficult to imagine something like that. Because mm -hmm. that sounds very, very, very out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say, so the first group of thoughts would be like, I haven't seen it myself, mm -hmm. so I can't say. And then the second group of thoughts would be around um, maybe more close to uh, to me. Well, mm -hmm. some people I do feel more tired than not if I 
meet them. Mm-hmm. There is some sort of negative energy mm-hmm. around them, but I w- have never experienced some something of like I'm given something that mm-hmm. I am like given some sort of extra love and then I'm getting addicted. It would just be that negative part. It mm-hmm. would just be that part of that I feel drained in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have that. That's where I'm a little bit maybe would need to research more that part because that's the only part that I have seen. Mm-hmm. And I believe from this kind of energy, we can protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I have a little ritual that is called energy protection that when I apply that ritual, it's a very, very small guided four minutes uh, meditation. I don't feel this way anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like a small little ritual that you can apply for yourself, that you can protect yourself from somebody else's negative energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dennis, have you ever met someone who falls into this description? I, I can remember from the top of my head, but I think I think we all, all we all have, mm-hmm. uh, and if we've had a, a prolonged relationship with them or not, mm-hmm. is of course subjective. But I think. If we really think hard, we all know them. Mm-hmm. In in in, and I, I, calling them a vampire, it sounds so dramatic. Exactly. Uh, but it it just it reminds me of uh, Taoism as presented by Benjamin Hoff in the Tao of Pooh, with these different types of people: takers, givers, pleasers, and so on. Mm-hmm. And th- th- it sounds like a taker. Mm-hmm. That in in any relationship they're in, they take energy, they use other people's energy, and they don't give back. So mm-hmm. That of course makes you tired mentally and sometimes physically because you don't get anything. You don't get anything from that kind of person. Mm -hmm. I actually have to say that uh, I believe that energy vampire is exactly like a person with a very heavy narcissist, narcissist, narcissist personality disorder. The the out there explanation, it's it's what makes it a bit maybe... ah, disconnected from the source, not really human, no light in their eyes, that can be a little bit of putting. But I believe that there are people who have a certain skill of draining you. And I have experienced that couple of times myself when I was uh, in a conversation in a room with someone and I started to basically like energy was drawn out from me. I started to feel weak. At one point, I I felt like I will almost faint. So um, I believe that there are people like this. I'm not sure if they are from uh, some uh, weird alien species or do they have soul or not or what. But there are people like this. And when I was discussing this before the show with, uh, with Dave that we all kind of know, he told me something very interesting. He was like, you know, I think there is a lot of energy vampires, as you call it. But this uh, formulation have a very negative connotation because vampire. But as a musician, if I go on a stage and I play a concert in front of 200 people and then you you know the feeling Mm. and people are having great fun, you basically harness their energy. You feel awesome right or if for instance you go into the room and you start to throw jokes and there is a lot of people everyone is laughing you fit with that energy it's just that it's a positive energy and i believe that we also have that the friendly vampires like this because they leave you maybe a little bit exhausted out of laughing or out of being at the party but they fit on that positive thing so that was interesting Uh, I have to say that was an interesting spin. So we might be all a bit of uh, energy vampires. We just might harness it in a different ways. I think when it comes to positive energy, it's more of multiplication of energy. So you add on, you Mm -hmm. take some of your energy and somebody else's energy and you grow it Mm -hmm. rather than you just take from someone. And you just take from someone. That's a very good observation, actually. Mm -hmm. It it could be like this, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, finishing this lovely segment, we will go to the wisdom of the week, which is connected to the bullshit. A super wise wisdom of the week.
So there was another thing that stood out in that challenge sent by Lucy, and that was this um, sentence she wrote. I often feel as I am the crazy one. And then I straight away thought about the gaslighting, uh, which is a tool used by you can call it energy vampires or narcissists. By the way, narcissist, this is a topic for a completely different show. So I will just omit further explanations. But guys, and Lucy, if you would like to know more, just drop us a message or also drop us a message. If you have ever experienced something like losing energy, uh, physical energy when you are with someone in a room that uh, that would be very interesting case to read and then we would present it on the radio. But uh, gaslighting is one of the most harmful uh, yet typical tools of people who we would call narcissists or energy vampires and uh, first question do you know guys what it is you have explained a little bit okay dennis have you heard about it mm, uh, gaslighting mm-hmm only the word I can explain. I am so happy because this is literally the first time when Dennis, you didn't hear about the thing that I am <laughs> trying to say. So, yeah. Okay. I will say that gaslighting is called narcissist's favorite tool of manipulation. And the name comes from a movie. It's an old movie from 1944 where there is a guy who marries a woman and he actually wants to steal her jewelry that she inherited, but it's hidden in a big house and he doesn't know where it is and uh, in order to get that jewelry that he 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 wants to jewels actually not jewelry uh, he is trying to drive his wife insane so then she can be admitted to the mental institution and he can have a right over her and her property and get this uh, treasure. Of course, uh, as we can assume, he married her only for this purpose. So what he's doing, he's basically fucking up her mind. He is uh, first taking some paintings from the wall. She's like, where is it? Well, you took it, you know, that kind of making someone feeling crazy. And the title comes from the fact that once he when he's looking at the attic for this jewels, um, he flickers the gaslight a little bit. And then uh, she asks him, why is the light flickering? And he's like, it's not flickering. You're ge going insane. And she is saved in the last moment by a policeman who actually is at the house with her and confirms that the light is flickering. And then she realizes it's not that she's going crazy. It's he's trying to make her crazy. So basically, gaslighting, it's a method of trying to make the other person crazy. And uh, it started to be researched. And this is actually the funny thing. In a paper from 1988, two clinical psychologists described cases of gaslighting that they had seen in their practices. And in these cases, men cheated on their wives and then denied it even in the face of solid evidence. So it all started with a cheating husband who basically, you know, like pick up the phone and make rendezvous and then um, no, I didn't I was talking with my doctor. Yeah, but I heard you call the doctor, honey. No, I didn't. You overheard it. So that kind of, you know, making someone uh, feel like, okay, maybe I really didn't hear it properly. Maybe indeed I am inventing things. So um, there, there are different reasons for why people do it. And I think we all do it sometimes a little bit. Uh, are you sure I said that? No, I don't remember I said that. It becomes a problem when it's a pattern, when you solve all your problems in a relationship by using this method. So I think that we are all guilty of this a little bit, but gaslighting is basically a tool to gain control and power over your partner's perception of reality. So basically, you control that perception of reality. And I will give you an example. For instance, um, let's say there is a boy and a girl and he calls her after five days of not talking to her. And she is, of course, upset. You know, I was trying to call you. You are my boyfriend. Why you are not contacting me? What is going on? And then he's saying, well, you know, I'm so busy at work and I didn't really have time and I'm so overworked and I'm stressed, you know. And then he starts to basically make her feel sorry for him. 
right? And then she's like, okay, I'm so sorry that this happens to you. And then he puts the golden arrow. And by the way, how would you know? You don't ask. And you know, and then she feels guilty that she doesn't really ask how it's going his work and that she actually even dare to say that uh, why you didn't call and she thinks, okay, I did something wrong. You know, he's really stressed. Am I a good girlfriend? And, and so on. And then basically the guy is the one who did something wrong, but he is the one who flipped it on her. And he is distorting her sense of reality. The only good way to check if you are being gaslighted or not, because you can really get disoriented, you know, you might think that you are actually the bad person, like Lucy in the challenge, is to ask someone else for opinion. It can be a friend, it can be a therapist, you know, and describe the situation. You know, I know this situation. What do you think about this? So, for instance, if someone comes, you know, I know a, a guy uh, and a girl and he didn't talk to her for five days. Uh, everyone would say, what the hell is wrong with him? You know, it's like why he didn't contact her for five days. But when Gaslighter is putting this spell on you, you basically start to think, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe Maybe this is my fault. And this is actually what's happening in, in, in this sort of scenario. So to all of our listeners who feel like something like this might be happening to them, they feel like uh, they are losing a grip on what's real. They are they are not sure if they are. They feel something is wrong and they feel like they have a right to feel bad. But afterwards, somehow the blame is on, always on them. Please Look in the show notes because we'll have a couple of articles linked when you can read more about gaslighting and how to actually determine that you are being gaslighted and how to try to get out of it. Marta, a couple of words before we will go to the... From the left field. Yeah, I would say that very, very, very important is to notice if you find yourself in this kind of situation uh, and you feel that you are coming with a concern to your partner and then you always feel guilty mm -hmm. would be is your partner ever open to hearing about your emotions and having any understanding because this is again this slippery place where you can blame each other mm -hmm. or is it the case that your partner actually never or close to never mm -hmm. find the, this empathy for your feelings. Yes, that's that's I think that I think is the way because if you have a uh, if you have a conflict with your partner, many people who are in interdependent uh, re relationship, codependent relationship, sorry, mm -hmm. will try to you know fight for that energy and blame each other. Mm -hmm. But is it the way that you are always the one being able to see the other person's point because you're an empath and you can actually understand other person's feeling and they never show this to you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, like check with yourself. Are you always able to see their point and feel that empathy to them? And you never feel this from their side. Yes. That would be a way for yourself to check. Completely. I would like to again underline that it has to be a pattern mm -hmm. because we all do it. But if it's a pattern of behavior, if you feel constantly that you are doing something wrong, the typical things Gaslighter says, it's not a big deal. It's all in your head. I think you have a problem. I think you are the problem. You are always overreacting. You are so jealous and you are being bombarded with that. And you start to doubt if what you actually are saying, it's the right thing. Yeah, maybe I have a problem. Maybe. Yeah, I saw a picture with him on Instagram with five girls in a bikini with no top, but I probably am too jealous, you know? So it's that kind of thing. And it's really important to, 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 to try to seek for some more objective person who can actually tell you, hey, dude, he's doing something wrong. So yeah, but Marta, very good observation and empathy is definitely the key. Is he ever or is she ever empathic towards your feelings? Yeah. yeah is he ever saying, may I be the problem? Yeah. Or is it always you are the problem? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Okay, let's hit it with the final Note surprise. 
field. So now, super fast, because we just have a few minutes left. We have some myths and facts about narcissism. Yeah. And there is one, uh, one, I will be saying them and you guys tell me if what you think about it. Is okay. it I haven't read it so or that's false? Perfect. Okay. Yeah. You can spot narcissists by how happy they are with themselves. No. 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 Well, I've chosen this myth because I really liked something that was said there, that there is type of narcissism, which is called grandiose mm -hmm. narcissism, yeah. where you are so happy with yourself. You are so in love with yourself. You find yourself always amazing. And that is a high scale narcissism mm -hmm. when you are like really completely, totally in love with yourself and you're incapable of uh, going in a relationship with another person and find these amazing uh, things in other people as well. You mm -hmm. are really, really grandiosely about yourself. We almost did it, Dennis. Let's wait for the next one. Yeah. Ho however, just that you are happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. it, no. Of mm -hmm. course, you can be happy yeah. with yourself because you have a good sense of self-esteem and you're just a happy, positive person. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's this grandiose narcissism that we are looking into. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting because there is another type that is called vulnerable narcissism, mm -hmm. who, who are the people that they think they deserve greatness, but are easily angered when they don't get it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, these uh, narcissists can actually appear to be inhibited and shy mm -hmm. because they think they deserve the greatness, but they don't get, get it. So, so it's a bitter narcissist. Yeah. So it's so it's a narcissist that you will not spot by how happy they are with themselves. Yeah. Okay. Another interesting one. Do-gooders can't be narcissists. So these people that are really helping others, you know, doing good for others, they can't be narcissists. I think they can. I think they can, but I think the motive of why they do good might be different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, they, you, if they do it to get praise all the time, but they don't feel anything, any joy by doing it. Yeah, they do it for the praise. Yeah. Correcto. <laughs> there are <laughs> there are communal narcissists. Mm-hmm who are people who have the high view of themselves derived from how much they contribute mm. to other people. So they help other for this very, very high sense of how amazing I am because I helped. Because, you know, there is a lot of debate if, if there is selflessness, if there is any yeah. possibility to do good without feeling good about yourself, but they are like having a strategy mm -hmm. and they are deriving it from doing good yeah. to others you so it's a high scale on social media all the time where yeah. people they have to they have to exhibit every How single exit. good deed they do mm -hmm. yeah. totally i totally agree yeah and they could even say something like look i am the most selfless person ever <laughs> <laughs> look at me look at me <laughs> yeah okay uh dennis how are we with time uh 1 okay One so let's go for the last one. Oh, deep down all narcissists are insecure and have low self-esteem. I would tend to say uh, yes. So this is very interesting. And maybe I should not have uh, chosen this myth because now we have very few time mm -hmm. to say it. But according to some research, no, there are some narcissists who actually truly have high self-esteem. Mm hmm. And there are the other ones that are in some way uh, hiding the deeper self-esteem issue. Mm -hmm. So it's not a very easy yes or no answer here. Okay. Yeah. So not all of them have. Mm -hmm. The first two groups that you mentioned, the grandiose, and the, they'd almost have to have a lot of self-esteem to mm -hmm. be this grand 
yeah no i i just i i think we are running uh, but i will just say that the whole how I, how i understood narcissism is that they basically all the time need the confirmation from the outside how great they are so if you don't have that confirmation from outside they become anxious and if you need that confirmation from outside you don't have your own self esteem so that's how i understood it. and that's the according to the research grandiose narcissists are thrilled with themselves on the outside and in. Woo! And with that note, how about thanking that? Thanking you. Thank you guys for today. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. We've got five options radio show where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.